We're thrilled you're here today. We're in this series called Grow Up. And the heart behind this is really saying, hey, if you want to enjoy life, there's this process you have to go through that God wants to lead you through so that you can find fulfillment. Because it is fulfilling. All right. Let me just tell you. So um, my... My wife and I have been married for almost 13 years. Next month we celebrate 13 years, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, beginning of May, we celebrate that. We have four kids, all right? So yes, I know how we get kids. So some people say, you know, that happens, right? I'm like, yes, we know that. So we have four kids, and um, we're, we're, you know, praying about what's next, is that we stop or whatnot. But let me just tell you, as an adult, it is pretty awesome if, um, as, as we, we see that our kids begin to this process of maturity, and they start growing, it's pretty, it's very fulfilling. It's like, um, we're going to talk about this in a while, you, you, you can, we'll compare it to Christmas, and the stages of Christmas, right, when you're young, we're going to talk about that, what that means. But for us, to be able to see our kids maturing, it's just awesome. So last night, we are taking a, one of our uh, Redbox movie back to the, to the store, and it was one of the outside ones, and so my, my son's like, hey, can I go with you, Dad? He was always to take along, be with me everywhere, and I said, well, actually, we're going to do an outside one. If you want to take it, you can, and he says, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, and he's super excited about it. My son's eight years old, and um, I... He's done it before, you know, sometimes with us there. And so um, I say, all right, Joaquin, do you, um, you know how to do it, right? And he says, yeah, I got it. I got it. And then he, say, he pauses and he says, but would you explain to me just in case I don't got it? <laughs> and, and so he said that. I jumped like so, I was like, yes, that is like, I told, and I told him, I said, Joaquin, that is one of the healthiest things you can say. Some could, because some grownups can't even say that. Like, I think I got it, but would you help me with this? Because I'm really not sure. I said, that's a sign of somebody who's finding maturity and beginning to grow up, right? And so my year-old son, he does something that just blew me away. I'm like, wow, that is impressive, Joaquin. We took time to celebrate it and tell like, the, the kids, like, this is a life lesson, right? And so um, we explained the process. Yeah, I thought that's what it was, but I want to make sure. I said, Joaquin, that is so good. There are going to be times that you're going you're gonna to feel embarrassed to ask for help. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Just ask. Because um, I find this true for myself. When I'm in a group of people and somebody says something really smart and I'm like, I don't know what you just said. Can you explain it to me in my language? Like, yeah, you feel like a little like, you know, maybe a little like you're, you're, you're off a little bit. But usually somebody says, I'm so glad you asked that because I had no idea what he was talking about either. And in life, if we can learn to be, um, to be like that, like my son last night just saying, um, I think I got it, but just in case, um, can you explain it again? It reminded me of the Lego movie for some reason. So I guess there's some good influence there from the Lego movie. But, but anyways, as he'd done this, I was really proud as a father because I'm saying, man, he's, he's getting it. And there's times when my kids will come home and they'll say something where I'm saying that is so healthy and so good. And then there's other times that they're like, you know, they fight with their brother or sister and they're just kids. And we say, um, make up with your brother or sister, tell them you're sorry. And they're like, you know, they know the motions like, sorry, brother, sorry, sister. And like, come on, you have to say it like you mean it. And they're like, sorry. And, and they just go through the motions. They know what we want them to do, but they're really not doing it from the heart. And that's a process of them maturing and learning. Now, if, if you're an adult and you're saying sorry like that, obviously people aren't going to respond very good, right? And so we're trying to teach them this. And so we're, in this series, we're really talking about what it means to grow up. Here's the thing about the series. We're really trying to help people that have said, I want to follow Christ. What does it mean to grow up in him? Because in Ephesians 4.15, um, Paul says to the, the church in Ephesus that he says, we will in all things grow up. Like he's saying, we're, we're going to grow up in, in all things. And, and there's all these different aspects of our life that we need to grow up in. And he's specifically talking to how we can grow up and mature as Christians. So um, what, I, what I like about the Grove and, and you know, the Bible is God is a God of principles, all right? So, so the methods sometimes change. The way we say things change. But the principles are always the same. If something works in life, it's because God set that principle up for it to work that way. Like, for example, seed, time, and harvest, right? You plant a seed, 
The seed grows, it produces more fruit. That's a principle, seed time and harvest. How that looks in, in business is different than on the farm. How that looks in a marriage is different than a business. But the principle is the same. What you put into the ground is going to come out. It's a principle. And so throughout this series, we're going to be teaching principles about how we can mature and grow up. And we're going to be talking to, to people that saying, hey, in your walk with Christ, you have to be maturing and growing up. But also our heart is to kind of hopefully that you'll light bulbs to go on in people's heads and say, ah, oh, that applies to my marriage or, oh, wow, that applies to me being a parent. Because parents, if you, if you can learn some of these principles and this message lesson we're talking about, our kids will grow up to be healthy adults who will produce more healthy adults. And how many of you guys know in our culture, in our world, we need some more healthy adults in our world, right? You with me? I saw a couple hands go up. Thank you for those hands that went up. The rest of you, man, would you lift your hand and say, we need some more healthy adults? It's true. So what happens a lot of times is, is we miss these development stages. We have a term called arrested development, Right? Where people, and sometimes it's a physical thing where kids stop growing physically. Sometimes it's mentally, emotionally. And, and people get stuck. And, and what's sad is a lot of times our culture actually keeps that going because in some cases they want people to be stuck. Banks and people that, that uh, some businesses that make money off of, off of people that use credit cards, they don't want you to grow up when it comes to finances. They want you to stay immature and young. Why? Because they're going to make a lot of money off of you or off of us. So we need to learn how to grow up in different things, and that's really what the heart is, how we will grow up in all things. And so today we're going to be talking about, um, last week we talked about why we need to grow up. If you go to the next slide for me. Oh, you missed that. That's Ephesians. We will grow up in all things, Ephesians 4.15. We said this, when you grow up, you get to do more and you, ha- you have more in life. If you filter that through only an American consumer mindset, that's going to be like, I get more toys, I get more money, that's great. That's not, that's not a mature way of looking at that, even that statement. Really, it's saying we get to do more. We get to help more people. We need, we need to accomplish a whole lot more in life when we grow up. So the benefit of growing up is there's a reward that comes with that. Um, I was talking to a, a, one of the guys in our church yesterday. He's a leader at, at, a, at a, a business here in our, in, our, in our city. And he was saying in, with his team, he's trying to tr- train them and teach them how to, how to get better. And he said it's pretty cool. Like in the beginning, it's kind of challenging, you know, because you're trying to teach somebody they don't know. And as adults, sometimes we take that personal. But then when they, when they start practicing one of those little things, like they, they see the benefit of it. And they're like, oh, wow, like that was really cool. Like that's helping us get better. And he said he started to see his team begin to like realize like, oh, if we tweak these things and we work on these things, we work better as a team. And, and they're seeing progress now begin to happen. And what happens is very rewarding. Why? Because the principle is we were created to grow up. We were created to mature. And in the maturing process, we actually find joy and we find peace and fulfillment, right? My kids, now that I'm growing up as a, as, as a maturing as an adult and, and training my kids, there's joy and fulfillment in seeing how they now can make good choices and have a better uh, a life than in some cases I did. And so we train that and we give it to them. So um, next slide. When you grow up, you get to do more and you get to have more in life. Uh, we also said we overcome the law of gravity with the law of lift when it comes to planes, Right? And we stay in the air by using speed to overcome the law of drag. Well, in, our, in the Christian world, in our world, we talk about how the cross, um, if you want to go to that next one for me. So the cross allows us to overcome sin in the grave. That's why he died on that cross. It's, it's, we have the sin nature and, and, and the lusts of our flesh and the, and the desires that we have to just please ourselves. Well, we call that a sin nature. It's, it's something we, we, as we're born, we learn this and it's all about me. Uh, and we want that. Well, he, the cross helps us to overcome that and say, hey, there's a better way to live. If, if you make it all about you and your story is you're the center of, of your story, your story is going to be a really small story because you're, you're not big enough to live in a large story by yourself. 
But if we turn it over to God and say, God, I want to live in your story, all of a sudden the story gets really large, and we begin to find joy in, in seeing something bigger when we're in the air. And we mature by continuing to move forward. The same way you have to have speed, otherwise the plane crashes. And, and walk with God, you have to keep moving forward or you will crash. All right? Last week we talked about the parable of the sower. We said there's a story that Jesus told about this man who sowed seed. And he said he sowed seed on these different kind of, of ground, right? There's the path um, with the road. That was a hard heart. There was rocky ground. That was a sh- shallow character. Uh, the third was thorns and weeds, which is a crowded life. Um, and he said those three, they don't produce. Some of them shoot up, they're excited, they're thrilled, but they don't produce anything. But the fourth one was the good soil, right? Honest and good heart. This is the mature heart. And when they hear the word, they embrace it. And we said, if we're going to grow up, okay, we have to understand that it's fulfilling, but we have to really, this was the point of last week is it's all about our heart. When we come to church on Sundays, your heart, you, you have to be anticipating and expecting something um, from today, Otherwise, your heart's going to be closed. If you come in this door and you say, man, I don't know why they dragged me here again. I, I don't like this. And you're close to it. You're not going to, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to be produced in you because your heart is hard and closed. But if you begin to open it up and say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to see God what you want to say here. I'm going to trust. I'm going to open up. You begin to let your heart, that, that seed take root and made a plant. And if your heart is good and mature, you're going to be able to produce a lot of good in your life. All right. So today, we talked about why last week. Today, we're talking about how growth is a process. Everybody say process. Process is like there's steps to it, right? You, you, have to, you begin this thing, and it doesn't just happen overnight, which is really challenging us for, as, as Americans because we live in a microwave generation. In fact, I think the microwave is a little slow actually now, right? Um, it used to be microwave generation. Now it's like the Wi-Fi generation is like instant. Like we have to have it now, and when it's not, you're on your table crying about your Wi-Fi, right? So... It's a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. And this is one thing you have to really, the principle you have to get, you have to learn uh, this, time, this week. And the next week we're going to talk about pushing through. That's going to be good. But, but it's, a, it's a process. Growth, growth, growing up is a process. Growth is a process in your life. So uh, Peter, one of the disciples, Peter is one of the, the, one, the three that was closest to Jesus. Okay? He was with them all the time. Jesus was, was teaching them for those three years. He was really close. Well, Peter denied Jesus right before he dies. Um, Peter wants him to, to raise up as king and, and, and take a stand and, and, and build new government as, as king and, and kick out Rome. And he wants him to do all this stuff. And Jesus is saying, no, Peter, you're missing it. And, and, and eventually they have this conversation where Peter says, I'll never you know, walk away. I'm never going to deny you. And Jesus says, actually, Peter, you're going to, before, I even, before the, the rooster wakes up that, that night that I'm, that I'm betrayed, you're going to betray me three times. You're going to deny me three times. And the story goes on that he, he does it. He falls away as a follower of Christ. And so in the conversation, though, Jesus says, but when you're restored, man, you're going to do a lot of good in your life. Well, Peter writes this book, okay? We find it towards the end of the Bible. It's First uh, Peter to Second Peter, okay? So he wrote these two letters uh, to, to, to Christians, to, to people, and, and he's telling them uh, his stories, giving encouragement how to follow Christ. Uh, in, in, in the Bible, um, let me put mine down here. The New Testament is, is a lot of stories about um, the new the church, how they were following Christ. And a lot of these, these books are just letters written to different churches of saying, hey, church in Albuquerque, um, you know, focus on this. Don't lose sight of this. And, and it's just encouragement from some of the, the apostles, the disciples that follow Jesus. Well, Peter writes this one. And in 2 Peter 1.10, we're going we're gonna to read through some of this in a little bit. He says this. He says, if you do these things, you will never fall away. Remember last week we talked about a, har- a harvest that produces well, some seeds are planted. They grow up and they say, I'm, I'm committed. I want to follow you. I want to do good. And then they get distracted by things around them. 
and, and, and if they fade and they die, right? Well, he says if you do these things, you'll never fall away. I mean, you'll never stumble, another translation says. If you do these things, you'll never, you'll never stumble, you'll never fall. In life, if you want to be successful, he's saying if you, if you put these certain things in practice, you learn these principles, you're going to be successful in life. You're going to succeed. Well, we're going to talk about what those principles are in a little bit. But here's what I want you to know. Why, why, can he, why does he have so much authority to say that? Because when he didn't practice that, he fell. When he didn't practice that, he denied Christ. When he didn't practice that, he wasn't the, the person he, that God wanted him to be. And then when he says, oh, but when you begin to develop these things in your life, you can do really, really good. And so he invites us in that. So last week, Ephesians 4, 11, we said that we shouldn't, we shouldn't be like infants tossed back and forth uh, by the waves and blown here and there um, by, by the different teachings around us, but we're maturing. So I have these, these chairs up here that I'm going to kind of try to illustrate with this, all right? I'm going to kind of explain the process that we want you to go through, the process our church is taking, and um, what it looks like for these chairs. And so out of these five chairs, they're going to, they're going to represent five different, different people, their walks with God. This could represent even different aspects of your life, your marriage, your workplace, um, we're all in process in different areas, so this can represent different things. So the grove here, nobody's going to sit in this chair. It's going to be empty, all right? And the grove, when we do our growth track, we even talk about this. When our team was being built, we said we're starting the church for these people here, all right? There's a lot of great churches in Santa Fe, and they're, they're doing great. They're reaching people, um, but we're not going after the people they have. Like, we're not starting a church for just, just so we can attract a whole bunch of Christians, but we're trying to start a church that we can reach people that don't go to church, the unchurched, because... Um, a ton of people in our city, all right, it's like over 80%, 80, 90-some percent don't go to church. So we want to be, create a church that says, hey, we want to we make a church that the unchurched, they would love to attend. Now, the rest of the people that come, obviously a lot of you guys are here, you're, you're believers, you have fun at this church because while we're focusing here and we want to, the process to move forward, obviously have teachings for these people also, but we're really saying we, we want to really help unchurched people, people who don't have anything with with uh, understanding of church or the Bible or, or Jesus, we want to connect with them. So why do we have a short service? Because these people, they don't understand a two-hour service, and they probably wouldn't come back if we did a two-hour service. They'd be like, that was a really long service. So we do a short service, so they say, wow, it's already over? I'm going to be early to lunch. Like, we're going to beat all the, tra- t- t- the church traffic, right? we beat all the other churches because we're out earlier. They can get there. They don't have to fight traffic. They don't fight anything. They just get to their lunch. Well, they look at their watch and say, man, that was, that was actually that was fun. That was, I was like, enjoyed it. I think I'm going to come back next week. And then the next week it happens, and the next week. And then after a while, they've been coming for months, and they're saying, I'm in. And, 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 and at one point, at some point, they're going to move to this chair. And so I'm going to have somebody come up here. Um, uh, Andy, come here. And Bethany and Jordan. All right. And you? Brian. And Brian. All right. Cool. So Andy's going to represent the, the first chair. All right. So empty chair, you become, in, in the walk with God, you become an infant. You're coming up also? Cool. Come on up. And whoever else, Brian, and you could choose your chair because you don't know what I'm going to say about you. All right. <laughs> so empty chair, unchurched people, we want, we're going to leave this here. We're, we, we want to connect with the unchurched. That is our heart as the grove, okay? And then we have some people that you're even sitting in this room. This is you, okay? It says that um, before you knew Christ, essentially you were spiritually dead. Like you didn't have a relationship with God. You were, you were, you were um, a slave to sin. You're a slave to just your own, your own flesh. And, and when you accept Christ, you become a new creation. Well, it's like a new life. You start over as an infant, right? So we have our little baby, Nova. She's five years, five, five years. Whoa, Nova's already five years. 
Nova is five months old. She would be in this place, right? She's an infant. Yeah, how do you guys know infants, they can't do a whole lot for themselves? They're learning. They're just barely learning. So Andy's going to represent our infant, right? Thank you, Andy. Good to see you. And then you have a child, right, a young child. So Jamie here is going to represent our, uh, a young child who's, who's learning the processes um, of what it means to follow Christ. And so you, you start this new life. You start growing. At this stage, some people, that you, if you're really into this, you can grow really quickly into this, all right? Some, they really don't understand. They, they accept, they say a prayer, but then they stay here. And that's not what God wants. He wants you to keep growing. You can be a child. Um, you can be an adolescent, all right? So we have Bethany here. And this is the dangerous spot. Not just in the Christian walk, but in life in general, right? Because it's difficult. This is transition. This is about um, where, where we're wanting to know why things work and we're pushing against things. And, and uh, this, we're testing boundaries. We're pushing against boundaries. And then this is Brian Barry. Isn't he a great drummer? Yeah? Yeah, yeah give it up for Brian. Thank you, Brian, for drumming. <laughs> These guys are awesome, too. I'm not, like, trying to think they're not really good. <laughs> but he's our mature, so I really want to just brag on him for a second. But I appreciate Brian. So Brian is the mature. He's the one that's now grown up. He's gone through these different processes and steps. And now he's saying, all right, I'm I'm going to be that person that's going to follow. We have a lot of these people that are in the hallways right now or in in serving in the Sprouts. They're taking care of your kids. So some of these people have said, you know what? I'm willing to put put aside my uh, personal needs and agenda so I can help somebody who's new. And I can help even in, in in reality, even infants out there. And they put aside their own preferences to say, I want to help others. So mature person, this is the goal, all right? Everybody say, goal. Goal. All right, this is where we want to end, and we don't want to get stuck. Here's where a lot of people fall away from God and and get stuck in life, okay? This stage, um, it's it's still fun, but it can be challenging, okay? They want to to learn things, and and this is just really awesome. We We have some of these people that in the last few weeks have committed life to Christ. Some of them can get baptized today. It's cool, and they're starting the process of maturing. All right, they're moving forward. So um, these, these chairs are going to represent um, what it means to keep moving forward, that we'll no longer be infants. All right? He's telling us, Paul's saying in Ephesians, don't stay, don't be infants, grow in the faith. In Hebrews, we talked about how we had to let go of some elementary teachings, right, here in this part. We had to start developing. So if, in, in Hebrews 5.11, he said, but solid food is for the mature, all right? So he wants us to get solid food at this age, at this, this stage, and who by consistent use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So we said the difference between here and here is he, this person knows good and evil. This person is still trying to figure out, right? Right here, they're trying to figure out, all right, is a stove really that bad? And they begin to trust us. Yeah, don't touch a stove. It's going to hurt. And sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. And they have to experience it. And they begin to find out what's good and evil. And so in, in, our, in our walk with God, we're trying to discover good and evil. We start learning where God's going to say, that is not going to be good and produce anything good in your life. And we begin to trust him. Well, during this process, he uses this process to help us get to this place. And Paul is saying, he's not saying milk is bad. He never says that. Actually, milk, it, it brings a lot of growth, and it's very good. Solid food is good too, but solid food is, it, it's, it's, a mature person has to be able to digest it and, and, and use it. And that's the key word is use it. In fact, he even says, by constant use, they have trained themselves to be mature. A mature person, by constant use of it. So that means on a Sunday, you're going to come, and sometimes you're going to hear something that maybe you've heard before, right? And that, may, that could be a tool that reinforces um, what you already believe. In some cases, you're like, oh, that's just milk. Well, it's not bad. It's still a good thing that we need to hold on to. It still produces. And then sometimes we're going to say something, and we confuse sometimes meat with something new. Like if I said, well, the Greek, you know, the New Testament's written in Greek. If I said, well, this is what it means in the Greek, you'd be like, oh, that's really good. That's like meat. 
We confuse having something new with, with meat, and that's not, that's not true. Okay? Um, not every new idea is going to be meat, and not every new idea is going to be milk. But what we do with that is what it's going to produce. The idea is not, is milk or meat better, but the idea is, what am I doing with what I just heard? It's not about knowledge. It's about application. Because you can come to church your whole life, and you can know a lot of stuff, and you can totally miss it. The people around Jesus, religious leaders, they knew a lot of stuff, but they missed what it was all about. Why? Because they had a lot of knowledge, but they didn't know how to apply that knowledge. This series is a wisdom series. Wisdom is saying, we want to teach you how life works. All right? One guy says wisdom is the art of living. So when we, when we learn knowledge is good, this stage is, is helping develop knowledge. But this stage is knowing how to apply that knowledge. That's wisdom. Right? Wisdom is knowing how to apply the things that you've learned. And God is more concerned with us being obedient and doing than just knowing. In fact, if you come and just know, 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 learn, 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 you'll become a very mean Christian or a mean adult, whatever, because you know everything, but you don't do anything with it. And that we miss the point. So in Hebrews, he says we can distinguish from good and evil. Um, in Second Peter, let's go through these. We're going to talk about these, this process that he's inviting us into. So Second Peter 1, 3 through 10, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a good life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So Peter's saying, all right, if you want to succeed in life, just know that God has given you all the tools that you need to succeed. He's given them to you. They're available. It's up to you if you use those or not. He says, he goes on to say, um, through, through these, he has given us the, these very great and precious promises, great promises that we can live on, uh, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the, the, um, in the world caused by desire or through lust. So we can escape those things that pull our attention just to make it all about us. We can overcome those things by giving us these great promises. And we can participate with God in that same thing. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. So he says, um, for this very reason, or another translation says, giving all diligence. All right? um, the idea is, um, um, when we add to your faith, you're going to add virtue or moral excellence. So he says, you start with believing. It's faith, right? We can only please God through faith. God, God, we step out and say, all right, I'm going to trust that what you did on the cross is going to work on my behalf. Well, that's faith. It takes faith to trust and do that. So we, he says, but you don't stop there. You don't just invite God and begin the journey with him and then stop. He says, no, add to your faith goodness. And as you add goodness, you're going to start this maturing process of starting to grow up and starting to mature and learn. And he says, add to your goodness, knowledge. And to your knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, add perseverance. Next week, we're going to talk about perseverance. Don't miss it. It'll help you a ton. Add to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. Mutual affection, love. And as you add these things, what he's saying is as you add on to these different components of, of, of our walk with God, you're going through this maturing process, right? Perseverance is the stick to You don't give up here. Because at some point, you're going to want to fall away. I mean, even um, people that at this age, so the kids, they're just like, oh, I believe you, Dad, Mom, you're this great. I, I trust you. Here, they're like, but why? Right? Like, okay, I, that's good. I'll do the what and I'll do the how. And then here, they're like, no, really, why? And they want to know why about everything. And this is not actually a bad thing. Knowing why is, can be really productive and helpful if we're willing to learn and grow. But sometimes at this stage here, we, we get stuck and we want it to be all about us and, and, and what feels good. Like, so in the beginning, you start your walk with God. You're, you're an infant. 
You just say, God, I trust you. My, my dad's sick, whatever. I, I need help. Would you help? And you just, as a, as a young kid, you, you do, go through it. Well, as a child, you start really discovering pain. And you're saying, man, what is this all about? Why, why do we have to go through these? And, and at this point, we have to be really honest with our kids. And if you're new to this, man, being a Christian is not easy. It doesn't say it's, in the Bible, it doesn't say it's easy. And sometimes it makes life harder. But he gives us the tools to be able to go through those. And, and his thing actually works. Um, when, when we do things in life um, that, we, that are worth, that have value, it means you have to put a lot of work into it to get to that place of value. Well, we have to be honest and open saying, hey, this is what really is going on. And then here, this is that place where we get, you know, even some maybe rebellion. We're saying, God, if you don't heal my mom or dad, I'm walking. I'm out of here. I give up. And that could be unhealthy because we get to this place where it's, it's all about fix it now. I want it now, right? Sometimes the kids are like that, like now, now, now. But sometimes as, as young adults, we do that. But he's saying, really, just push through. Don't give up. Trust me. There's something bigger that's going on here. And if we can stick to it, we get to being a mature adult. And the great thing about a mature adult is now a mature adult can speak into the lives of these and say, hey, I've been there. I can help you along this process. I can help you get there. So he's saying, add all these things together to... Um, Patient endurance, he says, when it comes to, to perseverance, another way they say it. Uh, godliness, um, mutual affection or brotherly kindness or brotherly affection. Add these different aspects of, of, your, of the faith to, to help you mature and build. So if you started off believing, well, the next step he's saying, well, add to that goodness, moral excellence. Start making good choices and good decisions and keep the process going. He says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, every say increasing measure, that means you don't stop. That means you keep adding them, right? You, you keep going. You keep learning. If you add these increase in measure, that's called diligence, right? They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you guys want to look back at your life and think, man, I didn't produce anything. That was a waste. Nobody does. So he's saying if you want to be productive, if you want to be effective, add these things. But the key word is if. If you possess these things. If you do these things. If these things are yours and they abound, you'll be neither barren or unfruitful. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be, another translation says. And he goes on to say this, But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting what they have been cleansed from, their past sin. So the people that don't add, they start learning things, but they're not really applying them. They forget what God did back here and rescued them and saved them, and then they fall away. And we don't want anybody to fall away. We want, if, you, if you begin to follow Christ, we want you to get to a place where you're mature and you begin to lead others. You begin to develop and, and produce others. They go from being unchurched to being somebody who follows Christ to somebody that becomes a child in, in, in the faith and, and an adolescent, a young adult, and to they, where they continue the cycle. All right? He says, but those who fail to develop this way, they're nearsighted, they're blind, they're, they're unproductive. They forget. And then he finishes with this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. He's saying be even more diligent. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Work hard. Show that you're working on this. For if you do these things, you will never, and this is where we get to that point where he says, if you do these things, you'll never fall, you'll never stumble, and you will receive the rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our heaven, Lord, into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you do these things, you'll never fail, you'll never fall. In marriage, what are those things that you have to keep doing so you have a healthy marriage? As parents, what are those things that you need to keep doing? See, as parents, sometimes man, we, we actually enable our kids to stay at one of these stages because we don't want to make them upset, make them mad, make them 
hurt their feelings by saying no, right? But that can do actually harm if people can get stuck. And I've met 40-year-old men, women, who they, they think this way. They never matured. And they're stuck at this age where if they think it's all about them and everything has to go their way or life is not good or God's not good. And they get stuck. And what's sad is when, when, you, have, when you have somebody that should be here and they're stuck here, they're unproductive, they're unfulfilled. And in fact, the reason a lot of times I talk to them is because they say, hey, how do I get out of this funk? How do I get rid of this? They say, well, at some point you miss some development stages that you need to begin to say, it's not about me. I don't have my way right now. I'm going to just, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to do it. As a parent, you know, there's some nights that I don't get the whole six hours of sleep I want. That's a joke, okay? Um, really, I don't get the five hours I want. So that's a joke too. Um, you know, eight or nine hours. I want the eight, nine, ten hours of sleep. That's great. But sometimes as a parent, I have to suck it up and say, my kid is sick. I have to love on her and help her. My kid is throwing up. This is not fun, but I'm there. Well, I put aside my... I'm sorry, Nova. See, there's my daughter talking about it. Dad, I didn't feel good. She, kept, she keeps us up at night. But, but as we go through this process, we see them mature, and it brings joy, and it brings life. So we said when it comes to these stages, um, the average American will attend church one out of every three weeks. All right? So if you're an average Christian, average American Christian, I should say, um, you will get to church once a month, sometimes two times a month, right? Well, if you're trying to develop, how many of you guys know if you ate, and especially if you're not reading your Bible and not praying, there's no other interaction with other people if you're not in a group, man, eating once a month is not healthy, right? You'll get sick, you'll get weak, you'll give up on God completely. Why? Because you're not getting the, the, the food you need. In fact, we said it like this, a pastor in Australia, he says, the more optional church becomes, this is Brian Houston, the less impact it'll have on you. So when church is just an option for you, for your kids, for your family, the less impact it'll have on you. Now, I say this, if you're not in a group, get in a group because I think that's the greatest thing you can do for your development. They'll help you, right? So we have people in our groups that we talk about things, we work through things, issues, problems, um, and, and we're, this is our whole goal in groups. For our leaders, we're saying, how can we take, how can we take each person in our group to, to take one step? That's pretty, that's pretty easy. How can we just help them take one step this semester? Now, what is that step they have to trust God in? See, an infant, God says, all right, now you've got to get baptized. All right, I'm going to get baptized. All right, now that you've been baptized, I want, you to, to, I want you to help. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to pray. I want you to serve. And he begins to lead us down this process of maturing. So church can't be that. So here's the three stages of Christmas I want to talk to you about. So here's the kind of the stages of, of our walk with God and, and life. This applies to a lot of different areas, not just being a Christian. When, when you're a child, all right, probably not this age so much, but right here, somewhere here, we have this, this season of anticipation. It's Christmas Day. Oh, wow. There's all these presents under the tree. This is awesome. What, what is it going to be? Like, I can't contain my excitement. I'm, I'm so excited. And this is fun. When you're a parent, like, this is really cool to watch, right? See, as a, as a, as a child, you're, the stage is anticipation. Maybe as a new Christian, you come every week like, this is exciting. What am I going to learn today? I'm going to read my Bible today. What am I going to learn? You're anticipating these great things. And then you get to this stage, this transition here. Okay, this is, this is transition, the, the transition stage where Christmas is like, yeah, I already know what I got. My mom asked me. She got my sizes. I peaked, you know. And, and this transition stage is really difficult because you want to be super excited like a kid, like it's Christmas. But you're like, yeah, I already know what I got. Grandma, she bought it for me. It's, yeah, clothes. I really wanted, you know, the Xbox 550. Um, <laughs> but I didn't get it. And you're just disappointed because you didn't get this thing, right? And this stage is really difficult. But if you can make it through this stage, when you get back to the, the adult, the maturing, the maturing stage, the mature stage, 
it's great now you have kids, you see the, the, the process. So if you're like, it's not all about me. Christmas is still cool, but it's really cool now that I see this stage. As our church has the grow, can I tell you, um, there's a lot of people at this stage that are looking back saying, we are so happy that you guys decided to follow Christ. And it makes us excited. Every week somebody gives their life to Christ, we're celebrating and saying, this is awesome. This is good. Because when you're mature, you begin to celebrate now the new, the new, the new stage, the new process, the new cycle of life. And you begin to see this. And it can be very rewarding and fulfilling when now your kids are saying, man, this is awesome. Thank you so much. And you get to this stage, you're kind of like, is Santa Claus really real? I had this conversation with my kid this week, this, this last year. You know, Joaquin, is, he's kind of at the stage. He's like, yeah, Santa Claus is not real. And he's all bummed, you know. So now like Christmas lost a little bit of its edge. Like, this is so fun. Now it's like, yeah, I know. We're trying to teach him, like, hey, this is still, this is great. This is what Christmas is about. Don't, don't get lost here because Christmas is a beautiful thing. We try to walk him through. Well, this is the stage that we really want you to be careful. If you're, if you're a high school student, middle school student, maybe a college age, be careful. Because when, you, when, when you're in the stages, sometimes life gets, dis, it just, it's, it's difficult. Man, going through puberty, going into, these, um, into, into different uh, schools and different, um, with interacting with different people, it really can be difficult. And people can say mean things. And if we're not careful, we can get stuck right here and never make it to here. And God doesn't want us to get stuck here. If you're a parent, help your kids continue to move through the process of, of getting, becoming an adult and model for them. I, I said last week, one of the reasons I think some kids don't want to grow up is because they don't see adults having fun. So if you're an adult, have fun. If you're a mature Christian, man, begin to serve, and you're going to find joy in that. And people are going to see that and say, I want to be a part of this. You know, we, we have um, one of our ladies oversees, Courtney. She oversees our Sprouts ministry, the nursery. Well, she's in there. She comes in service once a month because she's in there every, almost every single week. Man, if you have a gift for kids, man, would you, would you be willing to share that gift to say, I, I love little kids. I want to help her and help her maybe get out a couple times a month. I mean, she's not complaining or anything. She's, her heart is here saying, man, we're committed because we know we have parents that come because their kids like our nursery and they're comfortable with their kids in the nursery. So she says, I'm willing to sit outside of service and just listen online so that some of our families that have young kids can get ministry wherever the stages are at. And that's a great thing. And we applaud that and we, we celebrate that. And if, you're, if she is watching your kids, man, would you get to know her and thank her? And all the workers, man, just, just love on them. Um, our team, man, we started this church for here, but we want people to keep moving forward. And as they join the team, as they go through the growth track, as they're part of the process, it's a, it's a joy. It's a, it really is. So I'm going to show you um, one more. I'm going to say one more quote. So remember the three stages, anticipation, transition, maturity. Keep anticipating. Don't ever lose that. There's a joy in, in life of maturing and growing. But don't get stuck in transition. Learn to mature. Here's the quote about maturity. Maturity, it shows itself in the ability to tolerate the stress and the suffering that are often part of the growth process. This can be stressful and even suffering. Okay? Being a Christian doesn't mean that everything, all that goes away. Some, t- some ways it gets harder and more difficult because now you have an enemy who really hates you. Okay? Jesus said that. We have an enemy. He wants to bring destruction all around us. When you weren't a Christian, you're not a big deal. You're, you're, you're not on, on the opposite team. But when you sign up, you're, so now he's saying, man, I, I'm going to take you down. I want to get you stuck here so you don't become this, so you produce more healthy people. All right? So I'm going to show this video. You guys, thank you so much. Give our volunteers a hand. Keep the process going. All right? Don't get stuck. I'm going to show you a video, kind of give you a tool of how you can keep this process going. Here at River Valley, what we call our daily Bible reading is soap. 
what it is is a, a step-by-step intentional process to engage with the Word of God every day. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. You read the Scripture, you make an observation about what it is that you've read, you think of an application that could be part of your life for that day or in the future, and then you pray about that. And so SOAP is just getting us into the Word and spending time with God daily. To me, Scripture is God telling us who He is. Sometimes I read the Bible early in the morning before people wake up. So often when I'm doing my SOAP, Um, It's exactly what I need to hear that day. It's so important to me because I have two young children at home. I think the implications of my personal Bible reading time can really affect them in a big way. It's important to memorize the Bible because Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the fundamental things we believe is that God reveals himself through the Bible, through his word. And so if you want to know about God, you have to read the Bible. The fact that this was written thousands and thousands of years ago, but how relevant it is in my life and how encouraging it always is every time I read God's word. There's a passage in Hebrews that says that the land that gets more nutrients and water on it is more productive. I think that we are like the soil and that the more Bible reading we do and the praying that we do, the more productive we are for Jesus. When I started SOAP, I feel like it brought my relationship with God to a whole new level. MyDailySoap.org. So this River Valley is a sister church of ours in, in Minnesota. All right, that's a great tool, great resource, right? SOAP is just an acronym for daily scripture. If you go to that website, it actually gives you every day um, a, 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 a portion of scripture to read, the Bible to read. And so the idea is you read that portion of the Bible, and then you, you, you look at the, for the O, the observation, and say, all right, what, let's, what's going on here? Who is he talking to? What's this about? How does this, how does this fit together? And then you figure out the A, how can I apply this today to my life? And then the P is prayer. You say, God, help me to now apply these things that I observed and I just read. Imagine what you, if you did that every single day, what can happen? And the idea is you have to read a whole chapter, a whole, a whole book of the Bible every day. Man, it feels just a paragraph. You start there. You start somewhere. You know, maybe it is you read the whole thing. They, they, they give, I think, two chapters every day. You can pick one of them. You can read both of them, whatever. Um, but just start somewhere. Don't let the amount of it overtake. The idea is not how much you can learn, but rather what can I do with this thing that I just learned. Today, what was said that, that challenged you that you can now say this week, I need to apply that. I need to do this. How can I show that I'm committed to the maturing process? Because it is a process. What's keeping us from taking that next step and challenge that? So here's some things I want to just address real quick that I didn't. When it comes to this process, see, um, this is a lot of times about filling. My kids, well, I don't feel like it. I don't want to clean because I don't feel like it. Our culture is so focused on fillings that if we let our fillings dictate all the time, we'll never mature. Sometimes you have to do things you don't feel like so that you can do the things that are going to bring difference and transformation and change in your life. Sometimes you don't feel like doing things. We have to get past that. Growing up is learning how to move past our feelings into saying, let's do right no matter what. When it comes to suffering, you know, um, which next week Robert's going to talk a little about perseverance and things like that. Um, when it comes to suffering, there's this, this process of where we don't understand it. It's like here it's like I have no idea what's going on. There's just suffering going on. Here it's like, man, what? this is hurts. Here it's like, man, I, I want this fixed now or else it's, it's horrible. I, I don't like it. And then here it's kind of like you're mature. You're saying, God, I don't like this, but I trust you. I, I know you're going to do something good out of this. And a mature person begins that, that relationship with God where he says, I'm going to trust you through the middle of this, whatever it is. If you're not 
continue the, the maturing process, when hard times come, you will give up in your marriage. You'll give up in your, in your work. You'll give up in school. You'll give up with your kids because there's a process you have to keep moving forward and mature and say, man, I want to get to the end result. I want to mature. Some of the people that have given their life to Christ recently, it's great to see how God begins to change the way they talk, the way they think about things. That's a maturing process. God is saying, I want you to be that new person I'm creating. So today, uh, we, we like to close service with an opportunity for people to say, you know what, you're talking about all this, and man, I maybe haven't had good models in my life of what it means to be a healthy adult, a healthy person. Or maybe you, you heard me say, what do you mean I'm spiritually dead? Like, I don't want to be spiritually dead. Like, I, I, I want to have a relationship with God. Well, if that's you today, and you say, I want to start this process, I want to start this journey, then I want to lead you in a prayer. In fact, whatever we just, would you close your eyes as we close this prayer at the end? If you're here today, and you want to say, you know what, I don't want to be spiritually dead. And I want a relationship with God. I want to take that first step of saying, God, would you be my God? Would you be my Lord? I recognize that my choices and my sin has destroyed and brought bad things. God, help me. Heal me. Fix me. If that's you today and you're here and you say, I don't want to be spiritually dead, but I want a relationship with God. I want to come alive. Would you lift your hand up? I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Anybody else? I saw a few hands go up. Man, I, I want a relationship with God. Awesome. For you that raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer just saying, God, I invite you to be God in my life. And you're going to say, forgive me of my sin. Because the Bible says when we confess our sins, that he forgives us. It's awesome. It's this loving God who says, all right, let's start over. Today you're a new person. You're a new, it's a new start. So if you, say, if you raise your hand, say this prayer with me. With the rest of us, would you just encourage them as, as praying with me also, if you want? Say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. Be God over everything. Forgive me of my sin and the choices that have brought death and destruction. Help me start a new life today. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I believe you're alive and want to help me today. So today I ask you to come into my life. I want to follow you. I want to start this journey with you. Help me to become a mature adult. A mature Christian. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.